it's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast, IdahoSports.com, breaking down districts one and two each week in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, joined by Ryan Skaggs, wearing his finest Seattle Mariners hat because the postseason drought is over. It's over, baby. Finally, since my junior year of high school, I can say there is postseason baseball in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> man, uh, good I feel, and I was the- like, man, I was looking back at it, and I'm like, I f- I'm so flipping mad that like they couldn't have signed Felix to like a one day contract and held him on a DL all season or something like that, just to let him throw the first batter. That's it, and then they could pull him. I don't care, but like, just give him one pitch in the postseason because they owe him that much but that's just me and being nostalgic right um i will say that uh and again uh we're just getting a little baseball talk out of the way here first and then we'll dive into (laughs) north idaho sports i promise um i believe they're they're gonna play the toronto blue jays in the first round right are all three of are it's a three-game series are all three of those in toronto yeah is that how that works it sucks okay I'm if, not not stoked about that, and Robbie Ray is not going to be able to pitch. So, yeah, yeah, that's but that's a his choice too. I'm 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 okay with that. I just don't believe I don't agree with the rules more than I don't agree with the decisions. So yes, yeah, it, it definitely stacks it towards. <laughs> as a Red Sox fan, I I ran into that all season long. So I know however, exactly. um, that pitching staff's so good. I don't know if it really matters. Gotta be yeah, honest. I mean, I, mean, I, I go, like Logan Gilbert. I mean, they're they're youngsters on their staff. Kirby, they're flipping studs. I don't, I don't think they have any issues in the in the in pitching. Yeah, Luis Castillo just got signed to that huge contract extension for sure. Got paid. Yeah, he, well, he he earned it for sure. Yeah, um, yeah I I think uh, you know I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. They're nowhere near the playoffs, obviously. Um, I think I think I'm gonna hop on the Mariners bandwagon. You know, my both of my brothers are diehard Mariner fans. Growing up in Missoula, Montana, we went every summer to Safeco Field. I've been to probably 20 Mariners games in my lifetime. So. Uh, I'm I'm all aboard that Seattle train, baby. And if if the Mariners get out of the first round and get to host a game at T-Mobile Park, they've got to bring King Felix to throw out the first pitch before oh, that. First absolutely. That, I mean, it would be like, and then have Griffey catching it or or Ichiro or somebody. Like, it's just yeah, it's been a long f- exercise in futility for a long time, <laughs> and uh, it's finally good to see some postseason baseball. So now that we got that out of the way, yeah, we can talk whatever else we want to talk. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So from postseason baseball, and if you want to see Ryan's Mariners hat, cause it's the, uh, the old logo with the little the trident, baby fear the fork. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> and there's our podcast title, fear the fork. Hold on. Let me write that down. Um, okay. So if you want to see uh, Ryan's hat, you can watch the video version of this uh, at idahosports.com's YouTube channel or Facebook page. Uh, audio only as well at idahosports.com and wherever you download your podcasts. All right. Uh, the postseason is upon us. We're talking postseason baseball uh, in the big leagues, but here in the state of Idaho, our first championship events of the fall coming up this weekend, state golf. It's going to be um, the 5A, 4A competitions Friday and Saturday. 5A golfers will be in Rexburg, 4A golfers in Idaho Falls. I checked the weather, Ryan. Uh, mostly sunny, a couple of clouds here and there, high of 75. Sounds like perfect weather for golfing. Uh, fall golf, like with those temperatures, are you kidding me? You don't really get 
that lucky and that's amazing and i was thinking i'm like man it, it looks great down there but i was like man they really missed the boat on playing fall golf up here in north idaho so that's just me personally like thinking that i mean the weather is insane up here right now it's been like high 70s all week and it's supposed to continue and i'm like i'm digging it it's making all gonna make elk hunting interesting but um yeah that's that's another we don't do a hunting podcast, so <laughs> that's right. Not not yet. Not yet. If somebody wants to sponsor that, that's the big thing is we're kind of at our cap of what we can cover unless somebody steps up and says, hey, I'll pay you money to do this. So, yeah, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a sponsor out there and you want to see more cool content, uh, send Logan at IdahoSports.com an email. That's our sales manager, <laughs> Logan at IdahoSports.com. But, but seriously, without our advertisers, we're, we're not able to do what we do. We, we like to say, you know what we produce is free, right? Our games are free to watch the, the articles that we write. I just wrote a huge article, Ryan, about I read it, the bubbles. I love it. That yeah. Was awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, so that's a serious effort on your part too, by the way. So kudos to you for doing that. That's, that's not easy to track it down for all six, six classifications. Yeah. I wrote a huge article about who's on the bubble, basically from five a all the way down to one AD two in football. Like if the playoffs ended today, who would be in, where would they be seated? What would the matchups be? There were some really intriguing, like opening around matchups across the board. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. Um, Shelly Sandpoint. I like that in the four. Yeah. That's a, that's a dandy of a game, but go ahead. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Shelly Sandpoint, you know, Burley Emmett in the nine, eight, you know, first team to 60 wins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was, <laughs> Yeah, there was all on grass. Yeah, for sure. There were some interesting um, battles and we'll, we'll talk more about that in, in the football, but okay. So you go anywhere else, you know, there's going to be a paywall where, Hey, if you want to read this buy a monthly subscription, we, we don't do that. It's all free content, but producing all of this content is not free. And that's where our advertisers come in. So roundabout way of saying thank you to all of our great advertisers. And if you want to help out and see us do even more cool things, um, Send Logan at IdahoSports.com an email. Um, Especially for wrestling season. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, because we want to do some more of that stuff this winter for sure. Definitely. Uh, we've got some some plans in the hopper, as they say, for, for high school wrestling. Okay, um, postseason uh, golf we talked about. Postseason soccer is uh, fast approaching as well, Ryan, where district tournament play will start this week uh, over in East Idaho. District tournament play already started on Monday, believe it or not. I wasn't quite ready for that, but that's another cool thing we give you free of charge on IdahoSports.com. All the district brackets for not just soccer, but volleyball and then basketball and further on down the line. But it's every district around the state of Idaho. So you can so fans up north certainly will want to follow you know, how their bracket's going, but you also want to see, okay, who else is getting to state? Well, you can check every other district in the state of Idaho. We update those brackets every night with the latest scores and matchups. That's right on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. So uh, what I'm going to do is uh, we, we can break down the 5A and 4A brackets for boys and girls soccer. 3A, IML, we still have to wait. There's still some regular season matches, and the standings are a little chaotic. And, I mean, but, but do we do we really have to break down girls 3A soccer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Cordlane Charter. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, somebody else is going to get to state, right? That's Some, true. Somebody else that that fight for the other slot is going to be fantastic, I think, yeah. and for sure. So we'll talk three A soccer next week when some matchups will already have taken place, and so. But let's check in on these brackets. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen. Um, so those of you that are watching the video version of this prepcast, you'll be able to see the brackets up on the screen. Um, you, I, I, 
recommend you make your screen full size so it's easier to read the bracket. If you're listening audio only, you can follow along with our district brackets at idahosports.com. Let's start on the girls' side, and let's go to uh, 5A first. 5A Inland Empire League, districts one and two. The number one seed goes to Lake City, the defending 5A state champs, again, that nobody talks about ever. Like the quietest repeating champ like ever. <laughs> Lake City one. Coeur d'Alene is the two seed. Lewiston, the three seed. Post Falls is number four. So your matchups on Saturday, Post Falls at Lake City at noon. Lewiston at Coeur d'Alene also at noon. I, I still like the T-Wolves. I really do. I think that um, out of that bracket, I mean, it's an intriguing matchup if you get into, um, you know, that Coeur d'Alene plays tough. I mean, but it's Lake City at the end of the day. I think they just kind of, I don't want to say run away with it, but we haven't really seen anybody step up to the plate and necessarily stop them all season. So I don't see that continuing, or I yeah. don't see that stopping now. Yeah, the um, the winning streak did finally uh, come to an end for Lake City, right? They lost to Sandpoint 1-0 uh, Which, last night, actually. Yeah. So, and, I mean, yeah, we, we talk about, Obviously, with, with with what they're able to do, I think, you know, they're they're prepped, ready for that that state run. I don't necessarily know if they put a ton of, um, I don't want to say energy into into last night's game against Sandpoint, but um, you know, Sandpoint's a good team too, and I think that that's kind of proving what I said a couple of weeks ago about, you know, have we seen the best from the Sandpoint girls soccer team yet? And I, th- I want to say there's a little bit of an axe to grind with what happened last year, but we'll talk about 4A soccer obviously in a minute. But um, <laughs> yeah, with with Lake City, I think that you know losing that game, that's almost like I don't want to say getting a monkey off your back, um, but I don't really think that that derails what they were planning on doing or what they were you know focused on by any stretch. And I think you know what they did in their 5A schedule, I don't see that you know the the game last night messing with that at all so yeah that's just my my two cents but definitely yeah the t-wolves 12 and 1 overall 8 and 1 in the combined 5a 4a inland empire league with that quote-unquote league lost to sandpoint last night um but they're so far ahead quarter lane gets the two seed they went five and three and one lewiston went five and four so what it came down to was Coeur d'Alene was able to earn a tie against Sandpoint one-to-one in the game that counted in the conference standings. Coeur d'Alene also lost to Sandpoint in the last 10 days, one nothing. So San- and we'll talk about Sandpoint in a second, but Sandpoint looking very good, obviously. That's what it came down to. Coeur d'Alene tied against uh, Sandpoint you know, back in the middle of September, and because of that, that gave them second place over Lewiston, who went 5-4, and four. but that's you know, flip a coin, I think. Yeah, and I'll have to ask too about Lake City in that game last night about if they played all of their starters for the majority of the game because um you know I have a couple parents that have kids in my son's grade so I'm have to I'll have to ask and, and inquire a little bit more information on that one because they could have just been resting people too but I don't want to quote that as like sliding sandpoint at all because Lake City is a good program anyways so I mean that's a good victory for the Bulldogs Definitely. Um, so yeah, Lake, we like Lake city. Um, you know, this, this first round matchup between Coeur d'Alene and Lewiston is going to be really intriguing. Mm-hmm. They split, they split in the regular season. Uh, Sandpoint won the first matchup all the way back in August, one, nothing Coeur d'Alene won in the middle of September two nothing. Um, it's, it's even Steven, but I think whoever wins that matchup obviously has a good chance to get to state. Uh, the way it works this year is 
The district champion will automatically go. Second place will have to play the fifth place team from District 3 in a state play-in match in Lewiston. So that could be a home match for the Bengals if they get there. But I think whoever whoever does, Coeur d'Alene or Lewiston, I think has a good chance. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think and that's a good chance for an opportunity for, for District 1, too, to to maybe get two teams to place the state too. Cause I think that, you know, I, there's a little bit of sliding going on with the quality of the programs outside of Lake city. And even with Lake city, I think being a defending state champ, I don't know. I've never really seen somebody get so little press or notoriety statewide with being a return repeat state champion. Like I don't, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me, but I think that there's that kind of adds some fuel to the fire. If they want to, you know, make any noise at all at state, they can say, you know, Nobody was paying attention to us. Nobody gave us respect. We did it last year. We're going to go ahead and run this one back again and repeat. Definitely. I, I, I yeah, I can't believe the, the lack of um, respect almost that Lake city is getting uh statewide. It just continues to boggle the mind for sure. So that's the five, a uh, bracket for a, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anchorman <laughs> reference, but go ahead. <laughs> People wonder why these, you know, we set a goal of half an hour every week. People wonder, people wonder why we go 40, 45 minutes on these. <laughs> Dropping movie references, sorry. Mariners baseball movie references, hunting. You it know, bottles can... the mind, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, back here in the glass case of emotion, let's talk about emotions were high for Sandpoint last year in girls soccer uh, because they were the overwhelming favorite. They end up losing in the district title match against Moscow in an all-time classic performance from the Bears. And for Sandpoint, you know, they went eight and four and two in the regular season, six and one and one in this combined 5A, 4A Inland Empire League. It, it is their tournament to lose again. You know, when you look at the overall record, Moscow went eight and five and one, but in league play, they were four and four. So to me, there's still a gap between Sandpoint at one, Moscow at two. Um, but again, it's going to come down to one match because they get one bid to state and that's it. Yeah. And you know, it's, I, I like the Bulldogs. I don't know if they're going to get caught off guard like they did last year a little bit. I don't want to say anybody coasts, but I just saw what, what took place last year is, you know, one of those, you know, it's almost like you look at the NCAA basketball tournament and you look at like the, the, the league championship games that happen to seed the automatic bids and some of those other conferences. And once every once in a while, you'll see like a heavy favorite, just get surprised. And I want to say same point got surprised a little bit last year. I don't know if it happens two years in a row, this Bulldog team's loaded. Um, there is a ton of talent, ton of speed on the field. Um, and they just, they're stingy on defense too. They defend really well on the pitch. So um, I like this Bulldog team. I, look at them coming out of the bracket. I don't think Moscow can do it two years in a row, but if they've got any motivation, I mean, it's no better than this week after, um, you know, losing your athletic director last week, that there could be some motivation from that bear team, um, you know, for, for coming up victorious. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to, if there's like a win one for the Gipper type moment, like this might be it. Definitely. And so, yes, Moscow, the two seed will host Lakeland next Tuesday, October 11th at three 30 PM. Uh, in a in a loser out game, essentially first round game. Moscow has a really great coach in Jessica Brown. And in the two matchups this year, Sandpoint won both, but they were by scores of two to one and one to nothing. So, I mean, it it is tight between these two teams, certainly. So 
Sandpoint Moscow round three should be appointment viewing. And so Ryan, you mentioned this and uh, I'll, I'll stop sharing my screen for a second and then we'll look at the boys soccer brackets. This was something I was going to bring up at the end, but you're right. This is uh, I think the biggest story that happened up North last week was the really tragic passing of uh, Moscow, uh, former Moscow student athlete. And now yeah, lifelong resident. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, when you think of the Moscow Bears, I mean, you you think of of Lance Abendroth, uh, the athletic director, who um, ha- had a had a long battle with cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And and like so many cancer battles go, fought it off for as long as he could. And you know, he's in his early fifties, and and tragically yeah. passes away last Thursday. It really shocked everyone, not just in Moscow, but up north and really statewide. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know Lance and I've known him for quite some years. I mean, just going back from my days of coaching at Pullman, um, you know, I've gotten to know him and, and had numerous conversations with him, whether it's at like tennis matches or district tournaments or whatever, but um, or even after football games and just a, a great guy. I mean, really somebody that genuinely loved his school. Um, he loves the mosque, loved the Moscow community, um, but was a huge advocate for the kids and you know, that's a, that's a big loss. Cause he's just a good guy. I mean, that I found out on the air during our game on Friday, um, about that. And, and it was like, kind of like a gut punch cause it really did t- t- took the sales out of our broadcast, but like, it's not about us, but it's more about like, you know, praying for his family. Cause that's just, you know, he's got a couple young boys and, you know, they're in, I think 19 and 18 and his wife, you know, they've been married for 21 years. Um, but just, a that's a, that's a huge loss. I mean, Lance is a great, a great person and he will be missed for sure. Yeah. Cancer sucks. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. it's terrible to see somebody robbed of so, so early in their life um, of, of this terrible disease. Yeah. I think a lot of people maybe in the Moscow community kind of knew, but I think, you know, statewide, we kind of first heard about it because we were broadcasting the, the Moscow Lewiston game on IdahoSports.com last week. And, and prior to the game, they had a you know quick moment of silence and all of that. And I think that's when everybody started to go, wow, okay. Um, this, this happened. And so yeah. really sad, sad deal. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are certainly with the Abendroth family. Uh, you know, uh, I, I got to watch uh, Barrett play basketball, you know, last couple of mm-hmm. seasons. Um, he's, he's a fun player to watch. Uh, you know, like you said, young kids, um, and the Moscow community as well are certainly at the, at the forefront of our minds. So, yeah. And, and if one thing, you know, the one community that's there, I think that they will rally around the family for sure. Um, which is good to see. They've got a, a great tight knit community in Moscow and, um, you know, people knew that Lance was sick there and it, you know, I'm glad he's, he's free of, of his, his disease now. And he's, he's able to, you know, he's on the other side looking, looking down, but, um, you know, it's, it's a nasty, nasty thing that people have to go through at times. And, you know, cancer sucks, man. It sucks. And I, I feel, and my thoughts and prayers are, are with the Abenroth family and with the Moscow community. Certainly. So, yeah, you mentioned it. Now he's looking down and would love to look down at another <laughs> district championship win from that girls soccer team against Sandpoint. Yeah, there's a lot of motivation, I think, for the rest of the year, for sure. Definitely. Um, let's keep with Moscow. Let's, let's get back to, um, our, our district, uh, soccer brackets. Let's look at the boys, uh, district one and two bracket. Uh, it's the exact same Sandpoint, the one seed Moscow, the two seed will host Lakeland on Monday, October 10th at three 30 PM. You know, if I look at the probability of upsets, I think it's going to be on this boy side. I think the Moscow boys could be 
you know, primed to maybe catch Sandpoint. I know that they've played close during the season, um, you know, against respective opponents. And, you know, if, 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 if anything, I think that it, I don't want to say that Moscow pulls what they did on the girls' side last year, but if it happens this year on the boys' side, it doesn't surprise me one bit. I think Sandpoint's a great team. Obviously, we know what they can do, and um, but I, I, there's some athleticism on that Moscow team too that there, there could be. Um, I don't want to say catch, and I know that Lakeland's going to be like not so fast. Maybe we're, we're the ones that catch Moscow, but um, you know, if if Sandpoint comes out on both sides victorious on the boys' and the girls' bracket, you know that's not going to shock anybody because they're both great programs. Um, but I think that there, there's a little bit of a, you know, you're seeing an upward climb, um, you know, with, with what's gone on the last few years that I know that there's some talent that has entered the program. So if that happens, I mean, I don't think the bears are going to shock anybody, but yeah. See, and I'm going to give the kiss of death that I gave to the Sandpoint girls last year. I'm going to give it to the Sandpoint boys. To me, they are so good. I they mean, are really good. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but I, that Moscow team, there's talent there. They're young, but there's talent there for sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't lose in an in Inland Empire League play this year, 5A or 4A. They 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 had a couple draws. You know, they drew with Coeur d'Alene twice. They drew with Lake City. Um, in terms of of actual losses, they just they didn't they didn't have it on, on the docket. I'm, I'm taking the safe route because I don't want to give anybody a kiss of death. Like we we said the same exact thing about the Sandpoint girls last year, and man, we it was like throwing poo in our face. So we're not going to have that situation. I'm at least going to take the safe route, but and be diplomatic <laughs> about it. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, I'll I'll lead in the other way. Tanner French, really great coach. Um, as we said, it's really stinking good. <laughs> they, I mean, they went unbeaten in in regular yeah. season play. That they had three ties, but otherwise they didn't lose. And, um, you know, anything can happen, certainly. But I, I really, really like this Sandpoint team. Yeah, um, no, I do on, too. And that's just, I'm trying to trying to be, not be so much of a yeah. And and you know, Lakeland had a really rough um, season in boys and girls soccer. It's it's just it's high school athletics, right? They're they're really good in football and volleyball, like yeah. you know, and and volleyball especially, like way ahead of the pack. And so it's really hard to be good at every sport when you're a a four A school like Lakeland. You know, somewhere, you know, some programs will dip while others rise, and that, I think that's what we're seeing at Lakeland is really strong well, football yeah. and volleyball. Well, when you look at, I mean, school size too, it's a, you're not going to be dominant in every sport just because of enrollment. I mean, you're, you're limited on where you're going to find success. I think in times just because there's only X amount of athletes in the school. So um, yeah, I mean, we're seeing Lakeland with massive success in volleyball and football this year. And, you know, Sandpoint's, I don't know, they're a bigger 4A school. So I think there's a little bit more of cream rising to the top that you can see kind of spread out through their programs that, Soccer, they're really good. Football, they're really good. Um, you know, so there's there's spread off a little bit, I think, um, in in that in that aspect, just because there is about 250 more kids in the school compared to Lakeland. So yeah, yep, definitely something to consider. All right, let's take a look at the five A bracket. District one, two. Coeur d'Alene gets the one seed. Lake City, the two. Post Falls is three, and Lewiston is four. So Saturday, two p.m. at Coeur d'Alene, Lewiston takes on the Vikings. Saturday, 2 p.m. Post Falls takes on Lake City. So really, you know, Lake City and Coeur d'Alene are going to host girls, boys, district tournament doubleheaders on Saturday at 12 and 2. Kind of a cool deal. Yeah, that's really cool. And then, um, gosh, I mean, it's postseason time. I don't want to say it's going to go chalk. I I wouldn't be surprised if Lake City wins the district title here. I really wouldn't. Um, 
and that's not me prognosticating. I'm just looking at talent for both programs. They're both really good. I think both teams make it to state court between Coeur d'Alene and Lake City. Um, I look at both of those programs, and I think that there's a realistic chance that they both place too. Um, just they play quality soccer, but um, yeah, I, I like the play-in opportunity for that number two seed out of this district. I really do. And I mean, it's going to be a, a good opportunity um, for either program. I definitely don't see it being a detriment. If you lose in that title game, it'd obviously be nice to not have to play a play-in game. Um, but I think that the opportunity presents itself pretty well for both programs. Yeah. Very even Steven, the two sides split with each other in the regular season. The first matchup went to Coeur d'Alene. They won three to two on September 20th. Uh, or actually, sorry, the, the first matchup went to Lake City on August 27th. They won, or Coeur d'Alene won four to one. And then Lake City got the rematch three to two. So pretty even. And I agree. No matter what order of finish, I think both have a good chance of getting to state. But you definitely want that. You definitely want that auto bid if you can get Yeah. It. You, so, want, you want the guarantee, that's for sure, of being there. But obviously, there's no guarantees if you play a play in game. But. Um, I mean, I, I like the chances against the number five seed out of, out of the Boise area. There's no guarantee on the box. You know, that's, that's from, <laughs> I don't, that's from Tom, that's from Tommy boy when they're trying to sell brake pads. To oh the, yeah. Yeah. No, the old guy. you take, take the butcher's word for it. Yeah. Yeah. I could take a, I could take a crap in this box and slap a safety label on it. And anyways, uh, all right, let's get back on track here. You're right. You bone steak. <laughs> we'll leave it at that because this is a That's PG. right. Now we're going to talk football. This is a PG. Here we are 25 minutes in. Are you ready to talk football, Ryan? I've been, I've been ready since minute one, but yeah, go ahead. Cause man, let's what do a, it. I'm, stoked about this game on friday i'm stoked about it hey we finally have inland empire league battles finally lewiston yeah. post falls Coeur d'Alene, lake city are all gonna play each other uh i assume you want to start with the lewiston post falls matchup that seems to be the more compelling of the two um you know i lewiston's dang good um and i was talking to a couple of the sandpoint coaches when they were up at lake city that were in the booth with me on friday and I was like, you know, what'd you see from Lewiston? Like, oh, it's just a typical Sandpoint Lewiston game. They all seem to go the same way. It's a, you know, one or two point game, no matter what we do. And it tr usually trades off year to year. Um, but he, he said the thing that really everybody looks at, like, you know, the quarterback play and James White and some of the other, you know, the running back play from Lewiston. Um, but they said the thing that just jumped off in watching their film against Lewiston was Jared Jelinek. Um, it's somebody that you have to account for. Um, and he's not necessarily going to get the, the bright lights and notoriety all the time, but he's just, he's that dude that they go to when, if they need like a tough, you know, five, six yards, he gets lost. They can't find him the passing pattern. Boom. He's wide open. And, um, you know, so I look at players like that and the, and the team, we obviously saw Sam point or sorry, post falls Achilles heel against Lakeland was stopping the run. Um, they're great in the pass. I, I think Sandpoint secondary is really good. Their linebacker core with Cole Cripps and who they've got in linebacker. They got great linebacker play. They've got Trevor Miller at D end um, rushing in the passing game. I like, I give the edge defensively to San, to post falls. If we're looking running game though, I'm giving the edge to Lewis and that offensive line is monstrous. Um, they're nasty. 
and they can move the ball up front. I think if Lewiston goes run heavy in this offense with Hottinger and whoever else they want to decide to throw in the backfield, if it's James White or whatever, that you know they kind of move guys around. I'm taking the Bengals. I think that, and it could be the Bengals big if Post Falls is not careful. Yeah, it, it, it it's going to be a really interesting first domino because we all agree, right? Lewiston, Post Falls, Coeur d'Alene, all really good, all worthy of inclusion into the playoffs. And yet we, we saw this movie last year where they all beat each other and Post Falls ultimately didn't make it into the playoffs because there's only two at large bids. And it comes down to your winning percentage against other 5A opponents. Um, so, the, I mean, these are important must-win games, right? Yeah, and Lewiston's already got a win, obviously, over Capital. Um, so, I mean, that's that's something they're holding in their hip pocket if it comes down to an at-large bid. Um, I think that, you know, they'll get seated pretty well, obviously, with an at-large if they don't beat Coeur d'Alene in, the, in, you know, what could be the champion. I don't know. I'm looking really far ahead, but I like the Bengals a lot this year. Um, as good as they were last year, I think they're more balanced this year. And we're seeing that post falls. It's going to be interesting because they they cannot start the game like they did against um, against Lakeland, to where they're having three and outs with a no huddle offense, and they're only using thirty seconds of clock. That that just doesn't work if you're not able to get the ball moving up the field, and you're turning the ball over essentially in under a minute. You're you're going to look at a long night, especially Bengals. They control the ball really well on offense that you could be looking at a blowout really easily. I mean, that's realistic if you can't punch it in the end zone. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic battle for sure. Uh, this is a game that we'll have for you on IdahoSports.com, live from Post Falls as Lewiston takes on the Trojans. Coeur d'Alene will play Lake City in their annual Crosstown showdown. This will be a Saturday uh, yeah. contest, kicking off 1 o'clock on Saturday. That'll be an interesting battle as well. Yeah, when you look at these three teams and and – Two will get automatic bids to the playoffs. One will have to fight for an at-large bid. Uh, Coeur d'Alene is in the toughest boat right now if it came down to it because they look at your your record against 5A opponents and non-Idaho schools with 5A enrollments. Post Falls is actually in the best position. They're 4-1 in mm -hmm. those games. All those wins they've gotten over those Washington schools, and then they beat Timberline from Boise earlier this year. Um, they've bankrolled a four and one record. Lewiston is two and one, right? They beat Pendleton, Oregon. They lost at the Rocky Mountain Rumble um, to a Utah school. Um, and then they beat Capital, like you said. Coeur d'Alene is one and three. Yeah. With that, scheduling up didn't do them a ton of favors. I mean, yeah, it does make you battle tested, but you know, losing to Rigby Rocky, I mean, that's that's a murderer's row when they started the season. Yes. And so that really could put Coeur d'Alene in trouble where I hate that teams are getting penalized for scheduling tough. That's a, that's a crappy way to go about it. But yeah. again, this is where I talk about, yeah, Coeur d'Alene was able to play Sandpoint and Lakeland and get good competition, but it doesn't mean anything for them. I think the 5A, yeah. 4A stuff's got to go away. Yeah. Um, I think it, we will see it in the future. I think we absolutely see it start to go the way of the Dodo for sure. Cause, cause I'm tired of good teams from the North losing out on playoff spots to mediocre teams from Boise because they all play each other. Yeah. I hate, I We saw it last year with post falls. They should have been in the playoffs. I hate it. I hate seeing that because I want the best teams in the playoffs period. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Coeur d'Alene, there is a lot of pressure there. They got pretty much got to, they can't have a hiccup like they did last year, losing to post falls. They, they can't afford it. I really yeah. look at this and it's like, you know, if they end up giving up a game to the Trojans, the Trojans with their non-league schedule, the way they schedule their games, Coeur d'Alene's got a 
tough road to hoe if they're going to hope for a nat large bid just with what they had non-conference schedule wise um it's it's really stacked against the vikings it really is definitely all right the game of the week i think in the entire probably the entire state i'd i'd be willing to say it's it's oh this is a dandy the best game in the state this is the game that you're going to be at friday night ryan for another edition of north idaho game we got two gems of a game for Mm -hmm. you uh, up north this is the Sandpoint Bulldogs at the Lakeland Hawks. Winner will, uh, let's be honest, winner will win the Inland Empire League and get a top five seed into the playoffs and probably home game at least through the quarterfinal round. Yeah, and uh, we, Brandon uh, Fury and I were talking about that. He's my color commentator with me, and um, we were talking about kind of towards the end of the broadcast looking at Sandpoint. It was actually my first look at Sandpoint this year other than what I'd seen on game film. Um, seeing them live, they are, I want, they're more balanced this year than they were last year. They relied a lot last year, obviously on Garrett Cox, but rightfully so. I mean, the dude was a freak show of an athlete and a great player. Um, and Parker Pettit, they had eight guys rush the ball, like r- touch, tote the ball for significant carries on Friday night. Um, I mean, they spread the wealth. Max Frank had you know, four touchdowns in the game. It's like, it seems like every week a different role player kind of shows up. I mean, maybe it's the arm of Parker Pettit when he beats Homedale. And then we saw the legs of, of, of Max Frank. And, and even in the passing game, he had a re- couple of receiving touchdowns too. Um, I mean, it was, it was an impressive showing and Lake city showed up tough. I mean, for two and a half quarters, they played Sandpoint really well. They did expose Sandpoint a little bit, in my mind, defensively up front against the run. Lake City ran the ball very effectively against Sandpoint, which if you look at what Lakeland does, that's the one thing Sandpoint did, though, is they they didn't turn the ball over this last week, and they, they did have some drops, obviously, on offense a few times in key positions, but they were able to get turnovers. So the battle is going to be what can Lakeland do with their possessions running the ball? Can Sandpoint get a takeaway or not from Lakeland? That game, I see, it's going to be a one possession game, and I think it comes down to the last possession of that ball game on Friday night. It's going to be a great battle. One one thing I'll point out when you mentioned Sandpoint struggled against Lake City's run, yeah, because it was Zach Johnson running the ball. Like oh, Whitehead to... had a great game too. Okay, yeah, Whitehead right. was Whitehead approached the century mark rushing as well. So yeah. it wasn't just Zach Johnson. I mean, and he's a, he's a stud. Don't get me wrong, yeah. <laughs> but Whitehead had, was a very effective runner against Sandpoint. All right, I'll I'll, I'll rescind my earlier objection. Objection overruled. <laughs> so the X factor, and I say it right now, and it's a weapon to have in high school football, and it's starting to become—I don't want to say rarity—but the X factor in the game is the leg of Owen Forsman for Lakeland. That will that will decide the game. I think it's going to be like a—I'm going to say like a weird score, like 1917 or 1916. Somebody's going to have to get a two-point conversion late in order to clinch it or you're going to see a field goal to win it from like 38 to 45 yards i just this has the markings of a absolute running slobber we could be done the game could be over before nine o'clock let's put it that way hey that'd be all right Nothing we saw the first I, I could you not the first half on friday night lake city and sandpoint 46 minutes the first half only took 46 minutes wow. we had a we had a 26 minute halftime really puts a crimp in things yeah we would have been done before nine o'clock if it wasn't for homecoming (laughs) Uh, stupid homecoming
<laughs> of course, of course, we're kidding. Um, yes, this is obviously the game of the week. Uh, Sandpoint, Lakeland, yeah. big ramifications. Both teams will make the playoffs, but um, whoever loses may get a a home playoff game, and then we'll have to hit the road. So it's going to be this is this is for all the marbles. If we move our way down three a, you know, Bonner's Ferry, kind of chilling, hanging out six and zero. We'll what find do you out, do, man. We'll, what do you have to do? <laughs> well, we'll we'll find out this week because Bonner's Ferry um, plays Kellogg in a non-conference battle and we know Kellogg's good. So, you know, that'll tell us a lot about Bonner's Ferry. The more intriguing game to me though, in, in the three, a two, a ranks is St. Mary's is going to take on Grangeville. Now this year, district one and two, the central Idaho league gets two automatic bids to the playoffs. And if we're really looking at it, that's probably all they're going to get. I I don't think they're going to get an at-large bid. So this game between St. Mary's and Grangeville to me is kind of a de facto playoff game. Like we, we know Kellogg's good. We think they're going to get a spot who gets the second spot. Is it, and doesn't it always seem to come down to Grangeville and St. Mary's? That's how it's always been in years past. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. So they, they wanted to say like, Hey, I know that everybody came down to join in the party this year when you saw priest river and Kellogg drop, but Grangeville's like, Hey, we've been here. This is kind of our thing that we've run. St. Mary's has had their runs a few times too, but um, you know, every year, like we said, it's usually a, there. You see, you can death taxes and expect to see St. Mary's or Grangeville in the play. You know, with a bid for the champ. You know, for the chance to go to the playoffs. Um, I like the Bulldogs a lot this year. I think they're pretty darn balanced. Um, but I mean, St. Mary's plays some stingy defense. It wouldn't surprise me to see things kind of swing and you see an oopsie game, but. Um, I definitely don't think that Grangeville goes in there and lays an egg. Um, and I like, I like the Bulldogs taking that game. I think it's, you know, it, I don't want to say kind of run its course, but Grangeville is a, a solid team. Definitely. Uh, eight man football, white pine league, one, eight D one cameo. Oh, I told you, sh- I told sh- you. You did. You did tell me the Cubs take over sole possession in first place, 52 to nothing shutout win over Prairie David Clute, 10 of 12 passing 144 yards, two touchdowns. He had a pair of touchdown runs. Colton O'Kane rushed for 104 yards and a touchdown pick six from Everett Oatman. This is a complete cameo team. They look good. Uh, they remind, they will, I'm not giving them the kiss of death. They will go deep. Let's just say that they are, they have the defense to make a run and offensively we know they remind me a lot of the Lapways team from last year um, but I think they're a little more balanced as Lapway was a little bit more one dimensional and everything kind of ran through their quarterback um Cami I can they can tilt the rock they can throw it up the field their defense is stingy and gets takeaways um they're good in special teams I mean they're, they're consistent there they're not giving up big plays you look at it like all facets of the game they they play a complete game brand of football um even in the eight-man ranks i'd like i like the cubs to win out and i'd like them going deep in the playoffs so here's the scenario and you can read my bubble watch bracket for more clarification but there's right now to me four really good teams in the white pine right cameo Prairie, Potlatch, and Clearwater Valley. Only three of those teams are guaranteed bids into the playoffs. Um, and and there's a there's a really good chance that, that fourth team won't have a high enough max preps rating to get that at large spot because uh district four is is especially strong and and district five has two really good teams. So 
um, you're looking at right now if the playoffs were today, Clearwater Valley would be out of the playoffs. And that's a, a shame because there's a team from District 3 that gets an auto bid in Rimrock that, in my opinion, probably doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. But anyways, auto bids are auto bids. So you're looking at now for Clearwater Valley. This is the most important stretch of the season for them. They play in Potlatch on Thursday night. And then they play Prairie the following Friday in Kuski. And this will kind of define their season. They they control their own fate, but it is these next two weeks are really gonna determine, I think, you know, do I'm, I'm, gonna, gonna... I'm gonna probably take out what's left of your hair with this comment. Prairie's the team outside looking in. I agree. They they're banged up right now. They have some mm-hmm. some injury problems that they need to, to yeah. figure I, out. I like I think Potlatch gets the second bid and I think Clearwater Valley gets the third. I think Prairie's on the outside looking in. I really do. And and again, Prairie remember beat Potlatch earlier in the season in that wild back and forth game. I think 56-52 was the final. So Prairie already has the leg up on Potlatch. Like we could we could be looking at a three-way tie possibly for like second through fourth place and then what happens? But, you know, you, know, you look at what Cami I did to Prairie, and it's the saying goes, like, don't let a team beat you twice. <sighs> I mean, that Prairie's, they're hurting a little bit. And the Pirates, you know, are, are a storied program for sure. But there's, uh, yeah, there's some there's some, <laughs> some bruises and bumps on that, that program right now um, with just the, the lineup that they've got. I like Clearwater Valley as far as being a little bit more balanced. Potlatch is as a dark I, I they're I think they're a force to be reckoned with. Um but yeah it's gonna be uh I like I think Paul Etch gets the two seed. I really do. Yeah it's gonna be really interesting. And then the, the really big matchups for one A D two are still to come. Um you know it, it it's all gonna boil down to Timberline and Lewis County in the final week of the regular season and Clark Fork and Wallace will play next week. And if the Wampus Cats win that game, then they pretty much have a playoff bid uh, sewn up at that point. So we saw the sugar beaters, your sugar beaters from Montana end up getting a big victory. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, we talked, we talked to coach uh, Stetson Spooner after the game. And, you know, he, he basically said, yeah, we got down two scores early and then traded scores with them back and forth. And we cut it to a one score. It was basically a one score game the rest of the way. And then with like a minute to go, Chinook scored again to win by the two touchdown margin. He said, basically, you know, we start the game a little better. Maybe it ends up differently for us, but they were right in it. It just kind of a a little bit of a slow start did him in, but I mean, well, an eight man football too, you can't be giving up two scores and expect to, I mean, it's you're, it's a track meet on the grass. So, right. You know, it's, it's your, if you're trading punches in an eight man game, you're going to have to either get a t- couple takeaways. Otherwise you're sunk. But yeah, yeah. I like, uh, you know, obviously Kendrick's getting the respect. I think they deserve. Yep. They're, they're complete and solid. Um, I like Mullen St. Regis. I like Clark Fork. I think Clark Fork is a, is a fun team. Um, just that they're finally getting their, their, I won't say up and they're like getting their due. Like it, they've been owed this for a while now. Um, and, uh, the Wampus cats are obviously, I love the mascot too. That's such an awesome mascot. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a program. I think that's, they're on the rise a little bit and, um, hopefully they can get, I would love to see them get a postseason win. I really would love to see that happen, but obviously the road's pretty difficult if they get in, um, based on kind of how the bracket might shake out. But, um, 
yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun next couple weeks in eight man football up here up north, especially in District One. I think District One, you know, we know Camiai's or sorry, Kendrick is good in District Two. Um, but do we know how good Mullen St. Regis and Clark Fork are against the, the rest of the state? Well, I'll tell you that uh on that on that bubble watch post I, I did on on the site. And again, you should really go check it out when you have time. Um it's it's cool. I read some of it. I didn't get to go I think D one or D2 was the one I didn't get to really read the most, um, but it's also kind of the one I, I just kind of de facto go, go yeah, Kendrick's going to go ahead and, yeah, if we can, I don't want to say write it in ink, but yeah. So so Ken, so Kendrick and, and Mullen St. Regis would get buys as, as the conference champs. You would have the second place team, Clark Fork, would get a home playoff game. Um, now they would have to play the second place team from district four, which could be castle Ford, Camas County, Dietrich. Like it's no walk in the park. It's a no. home game, but it's, you know, you're going to earn it. And then the second place team from district two also gets a home playoff game. So whether that's Timberline, whether that's Lewis County, they would host the second place team from district three could be horseshoe bend could be garden Valley. That's an easier matchup to me, but how Here's- about this is, is the world upside down? All the teams from the north get home games in the first That's round awesome. of playoffs. That's finally, right? <laughs> finally, we can get some respect around here. But uh, no, and the other, I think the kind of thing to keep an eye on too, and it's an outside, I don't know, like chasing a, a feather in the wind, but Clark Fork gets that home game. I'm going to be a betting man and say that they play that game at Sandpoint. The X factor is Sandpoint's got field turf. So you're going to get a late season game, fast track. That could be that could make things interesting as far as leveling the playing field a little bit. I think in that ball game. Yeah, that'd be fascinating too. Well, those little those little nuances in the game uh, that, that make differences. Yep, for sure. Well, we'll we'll talk more about it as <laughs> as we get there. Clark Fork still got to beat Wallace um, yep. next next week um to to officially cinch that up but wow we're we're here the postseason has arrived we'll talk district soccer next week we'll recap state golf uh, how our golfers from the north did um and, and talk more football as well uh, have but, we have we ever had a 4a title clinched in the first week of october in soccer or in football I just don't. I mean, it seems so stinking early this year. I think on the the, obviously how early zero week was, and the, this game shows up on the schedule, and it's like, boop, here it is. I mean, it's I don't know. To me, it feels super early to be playing this like de facto league championship. Game. Oh yeah, for up yeah. north, yes, yeah, yeah. Because when there's three teams, right? Basically, you get the three league games over the final three weeks. It just happens that this year. Yeah. The, Usually, the, you see it because of the three week cycle. It's like Sandpoint and Lakeland play on the tail end. Right. And this year, you know, it's cycled to where they're on the front and then Moscow plays Sandpoint Lakeland going away. So, I mean, at Sandpoint losing that extra or that other game earlier in the year, Sandpoint's waiting a long time until they play a playoff game. So that's something that we can talk about later, but that's uh, it makes it interesting. If they're hurting, they could get healthy before the stretch too for the Bulldogs. That makes things really interesting. I don't think anybody wants to play them in the playoffs. That's for sure. No, definitely not. So yeah, we'll uh we'll keep an eye on it. Have fun at your game on Friday night, Sandpoint Lakeland on IdahoSports.com. Uh also on IdahoSports.com, we're gonna have that Lewiston post falls battle. And um, in terms of game night on the Palouse, I'm trying to remember if this was the week we hit we gave those guys off or if we had a game. 
Um, you can always look at the full schedule of games we're going to be broadcasting by going to idahosports.com. And yeah, no no game on the Palouse this week. We're giving those guys the week off. But two really good battles up north. Lewiston at Post Falls, Sandpoint at Lakeland. Uh, totally free to watch on idahosports.com. Video right. broadcast, by the way, might I yes. add, for both of those games too. So you yes. get to not only listen to our the dulcet tones of our voices, but you get to see the action live. Definitely. All right. Well, we'll get back at it again next week. But until then, uh, enjoy the competition, everybody. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time here on IdahoSports.com.